The right detail can bump your wardrobe up a notch. Kick off this year by letting Indochino upgrade your style with customized suits, shirts, chinos, bomber jackets, and more without spending a fortune. Indochino clothing is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Give yourself a style edit that sets the tone for the rest of the year with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more with promo code STYLE at Indochino.com. That's Indochino.com, promo code STYLE. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, there are good producers in sports radio, and then there are legends. We've got one today, Sam Batesh, who produces Colin Cowher. Find out how the sausage is really made. We'll talk everything from show topics to guest booking and the recent stare down with Baker Mayfield. All that, plus what happens if you get an email from Augusta National. You got 45 minutes burning a hole in your pocket? Well, then buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Friday, July 6, 2018. Thank you for downloading and coming back for another show. Every day you guys come back, and I appreciate that, even when it's several days later. Oh, I see the numbers. I see the numbers. I love it. I thank you so much. You keep coming. I'll keep making. Deal? Deal. Today, one guest, many topics. Sam Batesh produces Colin Coward's TV show and radio show, in L.A. for FS1 and FSR. And to get a gig like this, it takes a commitment. It takes a work ethic like you have no idea. It also takes talent and smarts and people skills and a whole bunch more. And I know this firsthand with old Sam because uh, I saw it firsthand about 10 years ago. And he did briefly produce my show uh, after, well, I won't say it, but after there was an unfortunate miscommunication that I had with my boss at FS1 regarding Jay, who was then producing my show. And I'll leave it at that. And maybe next time Jay is on, we can, we can talk about that story. It remains, to this day, something that I am deeply embarrassed by. And um, I just I feel terrible about it, the way it went down. But that's for Jay to tell you about. And Jay listens to the Zabecast in addition to being on it. So I'm sure Jay is going to give me a call or a text. when you, Hi, Jay. I know you're hearing that. We'll hash this out later. All right, buddy? Anyhow, without further yak, let's go take a tour of the FS1 Sausage Factory known as the Colin Coward Show with my boy, Sammy. So are you calling me from a buried bunker? Because this phone sounds sort of wonky. It sounds a little wonky to you. Yeah, a little I, bit. I can try it out. It's kind of fun. I tried it. I tried something new. I, I threw a little. I threw a little microphone on, on a bit of a Skype end, and we tried it through the computer, so it wouldn't just be a cell phone. I, I oh, so you're trying to so you're but trying to Skype call me, basically. We went a, we went a little high end. I also <laughs> like the block number. I think that always throws people off. You're not quite <laughs> sure when you pick up. Well, you know, it makes you sound like it makes you seem big time. 
I'm like, does this Sam Batesh not want me to have his fucking number now? Is that how big no, of a head he's gotten? Absolutely. Like, what am I going to do with your number? Go put it on a As message you know, board? Obviously, have my number, which is how we got on the line in the first place. I know. I texted I just, you. I got the best number course, for you. Of course, so there's. So I can't hide from you, Dave. I can't hide after all of these years. I mean, it's been like 10 years. I mean, I produced your show. I used to produce back-to-back radio shows, including the first team on Fox, which was uh, it definitely at least my second favorite show I ever produced, I got to say. Well, let's let's hold off on the flattery for just a second on that. Just a moment, Dave. Can I, how about let me, let me try calling you back just on your cell phone. Is that all right? Yeah, no problem. All right, hold on. Hello, Zed. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know what I love is that you actually you went for the higher quality shot. I went higher end, and in the end, it, it burned me. I can't even imagine that. No, it's okay. Like I've actually tried as I've been doing this podcasting. I've been trying to get like voice Skype, and I've trying to do voice FaceTime audio. Right. I've... And let me tell you something. I have heard vociferously from my listeners. They don't fucking care. Doesn't they, matter at all. As long no, as you can hear me. Exactly. And there is something about having somebody on the phone that the, the tonal quality of a phone call, it cuts through better. So like let's say I'm mowing the grass, which sure. I'm always which, mowing yeah, of the grass. You've been known to do. Yeah. I'm always mowing the grass because I've got too much fucking grass. Uh, like, like when Homer decided to mow lawns. I remember this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when I'm mowing the grass, you need to have a guest voice that cuts through on the high end. And so phones are actually pretty good for that. Well, I look, the phone has been working for me for 25 years. I can't imagine why it would fail me now. So that's just fine. I, so, just, I would hate to hear that you weren't hearing me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go high end. For Zabe, I, I'm going to go I appreciate out, I'm that. buy a microphone of you. But no, no, it's, <laughs> uh, I'm glad it's working. Just I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, so you were talking about when you used to do back-to-back shows. You did. Oh, man. You did, yeah, did. You did, you did the James Washington Craig Sheeman experience. Which was known as Out of Bounds back then. That's right. And then you did the first team on Fox, which was myself and Scott. And, and uh, Jake Al, I think Solomon Al Galdi, of course, yeah, absolutely, right, right. And so you were the hardest working man in Hollywood at the time. And and do you know? Do you know? By the way, and and our dear friend Andrew Ashwood, may he rest in peace. Absolutely, yeah, babe, yeah, babe. <laughs> do you know that briefly Andrew wanted to name both shows the first team? So he wanted it just to be six straight hours as the first team. No, he wanted it to be like the Rough Riders in the CFL, where there was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I see what you're saying. So, and so then there was east, another franchise. Right, exactly, because at east the time, yeah, it was first the... First team East, first team West. We're just going to have a baton and hand it off. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I... Did, I knew that for about a moment, but I would imagine <laughs> if you had any affinity for first team, if you felt like first team was yours. And here, if I, if I know Zabe well, Zabe hated first team on Fox, and the minute Ashwood wanted to give it to somebody else, Zabe fought hard and said, don't you dare, that is my name. (laughs) No, honestly, I didn't really care about the first team. I learned a while back in radio, Sam, never fight a program director on what they want to name a show. Let them have that. It's the only thing. If you give them that, you can win any other battle. And what does it matter in the end? Not necessarily. Not, it's you're not necessarily. Win. It's not like you're going to win every other battle. It's just that you're not going to win that one. 
So That's don't even there try. Certain, there are certain jurisdictions. You're right. And that is definitely one of them because there's only so much in the end. The program director yeah. can truly affect. And right. that one is a bottom line item. But I, but I, uh, but I objected to it just because it was stupid. I'm like, so there's two shows called the first team. Like, no, what how the are we fuck is that all about? Yeah. No, how but, about this? Instead, why don't we just have the same producer do both shows? Why don't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Compromise. And you are getting up in the middle of the night. Oh, well, it was nuts because what happened was, obviously, I was on the West Coast. You were on from 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific time. So I would produce 3 to 6 with Zabe, Galdi, and Scott Lynn. And then I would segue 6 to 9, Craig Scheman and James Washington out of bounds. So from 3 to 9. So I was up. I was in at midnight every day. Unbelievable. Sammy Batesh, just a Philly kid in L.A., living the dream, executive producer of The Herd with Colin Coward and FS1. And as well as his radio program on Fox Sports Radio, former producer briefly of the Steve Zabin Show on FSR, otherwise known as the first team. Thank God you got off that slow train to oblivion. Congrats, by the way, on your man's extension to stay with Thank FS1. Thank you very much, Zabin. We are very excited. I mean, I got to say, in this week of free agency for it to happen, for the news to come out you know, shortly before LeBron James hits the Lakers, it sort of feels like that around here, though. I yeah. got to be honest. No, is, he, I mean, I, I hate to say it and sound like this, but he's certainly a big deal, and he carries a lot on his shoulders at FS1. He really does. I mean, I would say I'm not going to say the network's built around him, but Colin takes care of a lot of hours for Fox Sports 1 and does a hell of a job. What is the biggest misconception people have about him? Well, I'm not sure it's a misconception, but I'll say this much. I'm not sure that everyone understands what Colin does every day in regards to prep for a show. Now, you and I used to prep for your show. Your show also had a lot of excellent rhythm to it. Not to say there was plug and play, but there were items we knew that we could do again and again. And if we could prep stories to slot in, we could get through and we could do all of that. We could do much of it the night before. You and I used to speak the night before and get a lot done for prepping for your show. Yeah, we were a jam, we were like a jam band, truthfully. Was, yeah, you know, exactly. we, we, we didn't we didn't like drill a certain piece of music over and over and over until it was super tight. We were like, okay, uh, G chord progression, uh, you know, strong backbeat. We'll get some vocals and some horns in there. Yeah, it'll rock. Don't worry about it. And then we'll finish strong on Homer roll, and we'll go from there. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, but we knew what we were doing. Look, we were well oiled, you and I, for sure. And like I said, we were committed to speaking the night before. And of course, we knew in the morning we had about an hour beforehand that we could that we could then button everything up. All right. So I'll I bet I bet Colin is a I, I, is a well, prep. I bet Colin's a prep maniac. He really is, and this is what it is, Dave. It's different than anyone I've ever been with because. Every single day is the same in regards to the prep. I've had many guys decide for a week we got to switch things up or this is a big week, quote-unquote. Colin is exactly the same. We are there at 6 Pacific every day for the show that goes on the air at 9. Now, in television, that's fairly standard. Putting on a television show takes a lot. But again, this is, in the end, a radio show that's put on television, even though we put a hell of a lot of TV production onto it. So the three hours is a massive commitment. And I've worked with a lot who have put in a lot. But every day, three hours, that's number one. I mean, he is hitting it out of the park. He is lapping the field in regards to prep. Yeah. Now, do you ever write his stuff? So we don't write it out entirely. And in fact, Colin has a pen and paper in front of him, almost an endless stream of paper that he's got in front of him, and he is writing copiously. He's not writing out an entire segment. He's writing himself reminders right. about team names, players that may have been forgotten, years, which sometimes we think it's the 2008 Super Bowl or was it the 2007 Super Bowl, and we button all that up. So he'll write down those specifics and have it all in front of him there so he can at least glance down 
and understand what he's got. Or if he's making an analogy between one thing to the next, he'll have that so he can remember it. But it's not written out. It's not scripted. He won't go with it. He's got to be really committed to something. I'll say what Colin has, unlike almost every, anybody else I know, he has the ability to admit when he's wrong also. Colin doesn't mind being wrong. I think Colin would rather be bold and committed to it in the moments. To be wrong in the end, that happens constantly. We all think a game is going to go a certain way. We think a player is going to end up in a certain place. And many times that doesn't happen. But we would rather be remembered for what we said than be right all the time. He took the L in the Baker Mayfield exchange. Well, it's without without that, without too much belly aching, I'd say. I give him all. credit for that. Now, you may he, dispute that he took the he, L. Uh, the bottom line is it was good television, and so therefore it's a win all around. But it's, it's a win because it's memorable, like I just said. And also, I would say he took an L on the Internet. You know, the internet, I mean, it's, well, I, yeah, I the internet, li- but, but Sam, the internet lives to hand out L's like, Guess and they what? live I've to hand out L's and then dance around like you took a loss. Like, shut and up. Internet. Dave, I've said this, I've said this to Colin numerous times at the end of the day, we are a link. As you know, this podcast is a link at the end of the day, people are sharing the content and that's what matters. So in regards to Baker, at the end of the day, the link was here's Colin calling Baker out for the touchdown celebration. Baker then explaining it. I'll say this for Colin though, even in that moment, he enjoys admitting, you know what? I might've been a little wrong about Baker and Baker coming here makes him a hell of a man to stand up and take it. And more importantly, I commend Colin on this part. Imagine had Baker come in and Colin simply said, Baker, it's great to have you, man. I mean, you drafted number Schmooze one. Schmooze him what up. What an exciting season. And no. pretend like we he had never firing, said any of the right. stuff that he had we said before. We came in firing shots. In fact, we re-racked some of his greatest takes about Baker and laid him out in front of him. So I didn't see. Really, I mean, we yeah. I we didn't did. see we it. Did you? That did you play the uh, police tackle to him? Oh, one hundred percent. In fact, we teased it hard. We said on the other side, we're going to have Baker talk about this police video. Asked him all about it, and I'll say this much: it was the moment that Baker and Colin were closest on the show. <laughs> that is the moment where Colin. I think I'm not going to say he fell in love with Baker Mayfield, but that was the moment where he said, "You know what? That is the most genuine thing I've heard you say in this entire process." And now, I really commend you for saying it. All right. Now I gotta ask some inside baseball here. Let's besides, go. Yeah, behind, I want I want to hear about this. So you're telling me that did you sandbag Baker with the police take? Because I would imagine no, an agent uh, no, 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 I would no, no, imagine no. an agent would say, Okay, he'll come on the show, but you better not show that police takedown. Like we don't I'll say that's much. in our past. We're not doing that anymore. I will say this much. There are times when we when when people have suggested that we don't go in a certain direction. We felt out Baker on that one. We assumed that his representatives did not want us to do that, but we sort of felt out how the interview went. And because we went two segments with Baker, not to say the first segment was a softball, it wasn't at all, but we said to him, is it okay? We asked him really on the air, basically, is it okay so to ask you about that police video? So wait, next? So, the, so the police video was an audible? It was an, uh, we had it ready, don't get me wrong. But that's an audible. An audible. Right. It was, it was a check. It was a, it was a check yes. at the it was a check at yes. the line of now, scrimmage. Now, here's what and, we also and, have and, and Colin and you, you get you get up the line of scrimmage, you're looking yes. around, you're like, I think we got the coverage to run this yes, play. Exactly. Colin, I've got the police vid ready. <laughs> and I think this is a go. Not to mention we also say now here's the great part about T V. We have producers that are able to speak with Baker before he goes on. I mean, in television as opposed to radio, the one thing in regards to prep with guests is an incredible difference. Basically, prep with the guests on a radio is, does the phone line work? Are you alive? Are you willing to come on, right? I mean, that's really, 
<laughs> are you alive is a really crucial question. It's an important one, right? Sometimes guys go, no, I'm dead, actually. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm Click. unavailable. I, I have a feeling this isn't going to work out. But those are the prerequisites on the radio. In television, we want to know that a guy is prepared to answer something. We don't, what we don't want is, I'd rather not talk about that. Yeah, Those answers aren't great. Unless unless we think it's going to lead eventually to an answer, we don't want, I'd rather not talk about that, or I didn't hear about that. We don't feel like those yeah. are big wins. Not to mention, yeah. we'd rather have it available. So the police vid was something we had absolutely in the back on. You know, every time I see that video, the only thing I think about is, God, he got racked right into that concrete wall. That must have His hurt. Face. That face. Must, in the face. face. <laughs> that must have hurt face. like shit. Are you joking me? I mean, oh, that God. thing is embarrassing for a couple of reasons. A, he takes a header big time. He also doesn't get away in regards to breakaway speed, in regards to elusiveness. That's awful. At the you should be, out, you should be able to, you should be able to run away from campus cops. But if you're kind of hammered. No, he, and he did the slow walk. Now he admitted on the show. He said, I wasn't in the right state of mind. Right. And he said, frankly, it's embarrassing because I got tackled. And it is. <laughs> but he was really he was really honest. And, hey, look, Baker was one thing that day. He was honest. He was funny. And he knew what he wanted to do walking in with Colin. He had the undraftable oh, sweatshirt yeah, on. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? He was right. He, was no, he, milked it. he milked it for what, it, what he wanted to do. And look, this is the day and age we live in. The bottom line, though, as you know, is he better be able to fucking play. On Sunday, that's it. That's all. That if he now. cannot play if on Tyron Sundays, Taylor, right? Yeah. If Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield by the end of this season, he's going to be taking heat. Well, and we were joking today before we went on. You know, the LeBron poster just came down in Cleveland, and we're wondering what's the likelihood that Baker Mayfield is the next poster uh, that he's putting up on that building in Cleveland. <laughs> it's going to be a while. It's going to be a little. Have while. you have you seen the suggestions for that poster? What's funny is we came up with two today. Now, I'm sure that maybe tell me if these are the same. Uh, okay. I just, I, Ernest Biner. I threw up an Ernest Biner. No, I didn't think of that. Colin. I didn't think of that one. Okay, okay. We, went, we went Ernest Biner. We went Craig Elo and Jordan. And then Wait a minute. Wait, hold, 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 hold on a second. <laughs> so these are these are trolling yes. bad yes. ones. Oh, I thought yes. you were. At first, I was no. like. Well, no, the Biner one, guess. Biner was beloved, but there was that no, thing called no, the I fumble. Mean, I, no, I'm talking, I'm talking Biner versus Broncos, fumble. And then I'm talking Elo and Jordan. And then we said, okay. you know what, because LeBron left, maybe we'll go with the Cleveland Plain Dealer the day that the Browns moved out of town. Maybe we'll just put up that headline. Oh, Jesus. So we, yeah, we, we were That's a bad mean. one. You know, the ones that I saw were both involving LeBron with his arms out after J.R. Smith you know, didn't oh, know what the score fantastic. was. One fantastic. was the one was the original photo, which was him and J.R. Smith with the arms out. The oh. other one was instead of J.R. Smith, it has the new all five all star lineup of the Warriors and LeBron oh, with his arms wow. like really, what? really, what like, the really hell? This happens. Well, isn't it isn't it amazing? I don't know how it felt for you in D.C., but for the Lakers, I mean, in Los Angeles, the resonance of LeBron joining the Lakers was obviously massive, biggest story in sports, certainly biggest story in Los Angeles. It lasted a day. Hours. The laughter at the DeMarcus Cousins Warriors news to come down nearly 24 hours later seemed to wipe everything out, at least for a moment. I think the dust is settled on it now, but in the moment, it felt as if the Warriors were just double middle fingering the entire league at that point. Exactly. You know what it felt like? It felt like you're, you're, as a little brother, you finally got one over on your big brother, and then your big brother with one little move just trumps That's you. It. And dismisses you, you like, entirely. yeah, that's nice. By the way, we're going to be adding this guy around March, and yeah, then we'll have five cute. all-stars, and you'll be toast. 
the word cute has never been more applicable. Oh, that's oh a cute move. Oh, that's cute. You're going, oh, hey, that's cute. That's adorable. Un- unless, uh, unless Boogie is the virus that they download that blows, well. that blows yeah. the whole thing apart. They've done well with viruses. I got to give them credit. Nick Young oh, this didn't is, matter. This Julia is strong. Oh, this matter, is right? no, no, no. Nick and Young. Draymond Nick Green. Young is a cold. Okay. You're right. Uh, Javale. Okay, Javale yes, is like is allergies. All right. This is a but major virus. Say, I will say this much. I didn't. Demarcus Cousins, the New Orleans chapter, whatever we want to call it, which it wasn't very special. Brief. It also it was brief, and it certainly didn't derail much. But you could argue they were better without him. So that's the problem there. Yeah. I mean, that that would be the argument against. But I don't know. The Warriors have proven a lot of people wrong about a lot of things. I'm going to let them go ahead and handle All right. this. Uh, I got I to gotta ask you about the set. The set for okay, Colin's yes. TV show is spectacular. It's huge. It's the size it's, of an airplane hangar, and it's Colin up on a riser. So he's and on then this, it's, the desk, yeah. And, and then, and then, and then the guest is on this couch way far away from Colin, like most – Television shows want the intimacy where Carson 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 was right next to his guest. Colin is lording over his guest, who must feel alone way over there on the couch. What is the many many have called it out? Many have called it out. And 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 we we what's the thinking? What's the The thinking thinking behind behind it? Look, look, I wasn't part of designing the set, so I showed up and it was there. However, I I will say this much: it certainly makes Colin look like a a character that is larger than life, which I think is certainly by design. I don't think it was intended to make the guest feel smaller. That would be unnecessary. There would there would be no reason to put the guest down. No, I but it looks like a comfortable it looks like a comfortable couch at least. It's nice, doesn't it? I would have that couch in my house. Sure. I would sure. have that I would absolutely have that couch in the Looks a little firm for a home couch, but as a studio it, it, couch looks nice. Well, the funniest line about the couch ever was David Spade, who sat down and said, "Oh, did you guys get this at the uncomfortable store?" <laughs> so that was. I, but, <laughs> so it's good. I it's have good. Incredible. That was a good one. But the couch looks comfortable. I have sat on it before. It is quite nice, and certainly as far as being in a radio studio, it, it's glorious to sit there and, and to be on the set there and to be on that couch. However, you do see it does feel like you are looking up to Colin in a way. But I, th- it's really Zave. It's mostly for the angles that it gives the cameras. It's not. I don't okay. have a sexier. I don't have a sexier answer than that because so much of television is really designed for what is this going to look like on the other side? What is this going to look like in your yeah. living room when we give you the final product? So it's not to say that it was by. It certainly was nothing that Colin asked for. This is a demand. I need red M and M's, and I need to be four feet higher than the guests. <laughs> He's nothing like that. It was not. It was nothing to do with that. No, no. The, the, the people who designed that set. It was spectacular. Everybody was so excited when we unveiled that set. And then, by the way, on TV, when you say in HD and in 4K, that I mean, it no, it's great. That the show no. shines in a way. I'm, I sometimes I come home and I'm just I am blown away. It looks unlike anything else on TV in that genre. It's very fancy, very fancy. Um, when does Christine Leahy's show debut? Her well, new show. She is. That, no, she's that, no longer on Colin's show, correct? Correct. Christine is not on Colin's. Yeah, the show. new Christine now, is who? I saw Joy her. Taylor. Okay. Joy Taylor, who you've probably seen if you've ever watched Undisputed with Skip and Shannon before Colin's show. Got it. That's okay. where Joy Taylor was before. She is now joining Colin's show. She's been on now with us uh, full time for three weeks. So who's going to be? Oh, Jenny Taft. Jenny Taft. Taft oh. who I'm sure you. I'm Jenny Taft. You must like Jenny Taft. And she's at. She's in Russia right now. She's at the World Cup. Uh, by the way, how was Lavar Ball? And have you guys finally put him on the do not fly we, list? No, we had him back. Oh, you did? Okay. Dave, so he's back. at the end of the day, though, Sam, is he at 14 minutes 
right now in the big scheme of things, LeVar Ball? I'll say this much. So I, I'm sure you heard this week he mentioned that Rondo is a nice little backup to Lonzo. That was the most recent thing oh, he yeah. said. Oh, yeah. So he's not exactly – it's funny. I thought he was going to go because when he was on with Colin, he was very – the second time around, he was very subdued. I won't say that he was polite, but he was – I mean, I mean, he was in regard – I mean, right. if you compare the two times, he was definitely more polite, but he was a little subdued. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to say this is a new LeVar, but I thought, you know what? Perhaps he's he's learned a little bit. Perhaps he knows Do you because think- in regards to – I thought LeBron – I see. I thought it was part of courting LeBron James. I thought, you know what? Maybe he doesn't want to be as loud right now. That's what so I'm that saying. LeBron Do you think there is real think- fear now that LeBron's coming that – that his son's Laker career could end, and all of a sudden he's flying to Memphis for games. I think, yes. I think that's, I mean, I'll give Jason Whitlock credit for saying it yesterday. He said, that sounds like a scared man afraid that the Lakers are going to trade his son away. And his son is relevant. We know this. His son was relevant last year when they didn't have LeBron James. Okay? So that shows you the power of the Lakers. On a 35-win team without LeBron James, Lonzo Ball had at least – a somewhat memorable rookie season. We would say it happened. We all know that it happened. He was the we only guy. He was the only guy I wanted to see highlights of, whether they were That's good or it. bad. Like literally, I, I knew. I know Brandon Ingram's probably the better overall player. I didn't but he's give a shit. I'm like, in a way. Not I'm like, all. I'm like, no. show me Lavar's kid. Is he doing good? Is he sucking? What's going on out there? Lonzo is relevant in a way that he never would be if he wasn't on the Lakers. Now you add LeBron James to that, who made the Cavaliers relevant. Relevant. You can imagine that Lavar knows. What am I doing? If we end up in Phoenix, if we end up in Memphis, as you said, Sacramento, what exactly is going on with my son? What's going on with Big Baller Brand? And I think we can at this point say it's pretty fair that the three ball brothers won't be playing together on one team. No, I don't. Pretty much, well, yeah, unless it's woods unless that. it's a JBA team. If the, like JBA, the JBA is around long success. enough. Big and really what I, wanted, so what I want what I want to see, Sam, is I want to see the dad playing with the three sons in the uh, JBA. Yeah. I think that would be great. And, of course, according to LeVar, he's never lost a one-on-one game. He'd of course. He would beat Michael Jordan. Uh, if, you've seen the, if you've seen the Saturday Night Live skit, I suggest everybody to search Saturday <laughs> Night Live, LeVar Ball. Yeah, I it see is it. spectacular. I mean, it is, it is a, a, an excellent rendition of who he is. And, and it, it's, it's a nice chapter for us. It really is. I mean, in the end, at the end, LeVar Ball is an interesting chapter. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I was very proud of Christine for the way she handled it that day. She really was. I thought she just, I thought she came out looking very strong. And I thought some of the comments she made on Speak for Yourself after that were, were really resonated. Okay. And, and I right. think it's, it's part of what I think could, could make her something. All right. I still, I still got to get you a quick shot on your beloved Eagles. But before oh. I do that, before I do that, and, and we, and we start to wind it down here real quick. LeBron James coming to L.A., I don't think he does a lot of sort of one-on-one, sit-down, extended chats. Will you be able to land him with Colin, do you think? It feels like it. I'll say this much. After Baker came in, I really felt anything is possible. The next guy that feels like a wow in regards to, oh, my God, he could come in and have a face-off with Colin would be Russell Westbrook. That's the guy that we've talked right, about. That, right. would be more, that would be more of the in-your-face, what did you say about me? LeBron is not like that. LeBron has been supported extremely well by Colin over the years and certainly on this show. 
I think it is a very real possibility. Is it your job? Is it your job to go? Is it your job to go get him, or is that above you? No, you know what a guy you know well, Dave Coelho. Good job, Dave Coelho. I love it, baby. And and you know what? And he came on board with me because before I worked with Colin, I came to the network in 2013. I worked at Fox Sports Live, which was then the show hosted by Carissa Thompson. We had Donovan McNavin, Kapler, Gary Payton, Andy Roddick. It was a lot of fun. And towards the tail end of that show, Dave came on board to begin booking guests for Fox Sports Live, for Jay and Dan, et cetera. And I I said, Dave is going to be great for us. And I said, if we we keep Dave and loop every day and what we want, I think he's going to work his ass off for us. And I think he's going to be motivated and hit this out of the park. Then when Colin came on board, he came over to help with guests for Colin's show, he's done a tremendous job That's for us. Great. It's really, it really, I, I can say we work in sync every day. Dave and I are in communication about what we want. And I would say, I don't put it past Dave now that LeBron is here that we can get LeBron Land on the couch. Him. And I'll say that because I really think, I think Colin has built a nice reputation of being supportive. And I think LeBron is the kind of guy who has a list of the people who have been "Quote unquote, good to him." And if he years. doesn't have a list, certainly Clutch Sports has a list, and they're we know they're keeping keep track. Yeah, okay. and Paul, look, I'll say. I mean, Rich Paul came in. Rich Paul was on the couch with us, and I just I think that you know, and and much like the Lakers signing Contavious Caldwell Pope, maybe that's our first in <laughs> to this thing. All right, F- Sam is from Philadelphia, and this year your Eagles finally punched through. Tell me where you were watching the game and tell me what you felt and all that other stuff. All that other mushy, mushy, squishy, sportsy stuff. I'll give it all to you. I'll give it all to you. Now, as you know, is my house. I've got four televisions in the living room. Okay, we've now we've got a fifty-five-inch. We've got a fifty-five-inch OLED. You've gone one up on me now. Four. What's the arrangement? Is it three on one side, one on the other, or what? Yes, there's three over the fireplace. A fifty-five-inch LG OLED 4K that is flanked by two thirty-two-inch Samsungs, and then on the far corner, I've got the old, reliable fifty-inch Pioneer plasma. Oh my that God! Really I think Pioneer's out of business, together. by the way. But yeah, oh, they're okay. out of business for years. But that TV is gorgeous. I got to tell you, that thing is like a classic Corvette. <laughs> the black, the blacks, the blacks on a true the plasma blacks, are, the are they're so blacks. black. <laughs> Dave, you have no idea. But so the true so blacks. That's what they. The, the true blacks, Sam, is what they sold plasmas on. They cost forty percent more than LCDs, and they're like, but the blacks though. If the you're blacks, watching, you can't get that deep black. <laughs> you cannot get that deep black. When you're anywhere. watching the Matrix, you'll notice. Yeah, trust me, you'll know. <laughs> with Neo, we'll know. Okay, so way, you're outside. We also, by the way, we also put a TV the day of the Super Bowl. We put a TV outside. But quick side note: a week before the Super Bowl, I had a bet with a dear friend who said, if they go to the Super Bowl, you have to take me. I thought it was a joke when Wentz went down and yeah, took over. I thought no it chance. would never happen. So they win the NFC Championship Day. The day they blow the Vikings out in that game, I'm sitting there with my friend, and she says, "All right, we're going." I put together an entire trip to Minneapolis. I have to fly her from Mexico. She's on a trip. And I got to get myself, obviously, from L.A. to snowy Minneapolis. I put the whole thing together. On Tuesday, I get a, a call from my father. Sam, hey, Dad, what do we go for the Super Bowl? I said, didn't you hear? I'm going to the game. Are you an a-hole, he says. I go, what do you mean am I an a-hole? Well, I mean, yes, yeah, some of the time, but what are you talking about? You're going to lead me. You're going to make me watch every game at your house. And on the most important game, you're going to leave and get out of town. And let me tell you something. This isn't about me wanting to go to the game with you. I don't want to go to Minneapolis. It's going to be cold and rainy and sleeting. And I don't want any part of it. But if you go to that game, let me tell you right now, I will never come to your house ever again to watch a game. 
I hang up the phone. I call my friend. I say, I got to let you know something. I've just been grounded by my father. What are you talking about? I said, listen, I will get you a ticket from Mexico to L.A., but he is flying in his brother from Philadelphia, my cousins from Philadelphia, his uncle from Philadelphia. Everybody's going to be here watching the game. We're turning the house. Casa Batesh, L.A. is turning into the Eagles Center for Super Bowl Sunday. We put the fifth TV up outside that day on the patio, and we watched outside as Tom Brady threw for 500 yards, but wow. somehow Nick Foles beat the Patriots that day, and we absolutely lost our minds. Oh, it must have been a must have been an incredible it day. Was. How it many did. people? How many say, people were at your place? We probably had 40 people overall, and I wow. gotta say about 30 were outside around that new TV. We just put the TV up that morning. It was great. It was really it, look. It was it was so much fun, and it was probably a, it was probably a horrible day in LA too, wasn't it? Like oh, 71 degrees. It was, yeah, it was just terrible outside. Really yeah, hot, a heat yeah. wave of 71. Yeah. February. Yeah. 75 degrees outside. I was, my Bro, I was up there. Shorts. I was up there in Minneapolis. It's a joke how cold it is. I didn't it miss gets. a thing. I didn't no, miss a thing. You I, didn't right? miss I didn't get one story. Shit. I didn't get one story out of Minneapolis that I felt bad about. And then guess what I did? I took that friend that I couldn't take to Minneapolis. Yeah. And I told her, you know what? Let's go to the parade. And I covered the parade. I, I actually, I, I decided to go cover the parade. I went. I, t- I took her with me. I said, let's make this thing happen. We went to Philly. We covered the entire parade. We were there on the steps with the guys. We had an incredible time. I had a moment with Howie Roseman, with Jason Peters. It was really a tremendous experience all the way through. And obviously, it's one of those things I didn't think – not only did I not think it was going to happen that season when Wentz went down, you know how in life as a sports fan, Zabe, there's certain things I'm sure you've let go of. Like this year, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. I'm sure at some point it's incredible. you let go. Right, but you let go at some point of that childhood hope of it happening, right? You, uh, you've seen enough. Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, you've seen them lose. You saw them lose to Crosby enough oh, yeah, times yeah. that you just thought, you know what, I've seen this team win the President's right, Cup. Right. I've seen Ovechkin be an MVP. It's just not going to happen. Right. And with the Eagles, after seeing Andy Reid, and Donovan McNabb put together those straight trips to the NFC Championship game, get to one Super Bowl, and never win it, to see the T.O. season that they couldn't actually win the game, you just at some point tell yourself, this is one of those things that's not going to happen for me. That's it, and it's okay. I can still enjoy football. I can still enjoy the (laughs) Super Bowl. I can enjoy players. I can produce football for content. But this is not going to be one of those personal stories in my life that ever right. truly resonates. Right. And then when it happens, you really do feel like a little boy. You feel like a little boy. Yeah, no, it was it, it, the Caps run was better than I thought it would be by a factor of 10, and I'm sure it's that way as an Eagle fan. And as a Redskin fan, Sam, i got to say, it burns our ass that you are no longer the, the ringless, trophyless, bastard child of the NFC East. We were hoping that we could at least have that over you forever. That's now gone forever. I tell all my Redskin fans, I'm like, you know that's gone forever. They have a trophy. They earned every bit of it. It was one of the great Cinderella stories ever, and we'll never have that back. Now we've got to focus on us not sucking, which since Dan Snyder has bought the team has required nonstop effort to just not suck. So we better now, Zave, I remember pull up day. our bootstraps. I, I remember the day when you and I spoke, the day that Donovan McNabb became a Redskin. Oh, because, of Jesus. course, that connected us both in that moment. Jesus and I remember there was Christ. excitement. You were actually you were excited in the moment. I remember that because I you, and I think you called me hoping that I would be upset because you thought if Sam's upset as an Eagles fan, I know I must be getting a great player. 
and I was upset that day. I couldn't believe Andy Reid kind of turned his back on that era. No, and that, thought, that, wow. that, and that, that cat immediately turned. That cat that fooled immediately me. Turned. That it cat did. fooled that, me. I said, I said when he was an Eagle, I said to Scott Lynn, a fellow Philadelphian, I'm like, of course. I said, I'm like, McNabb's a winner, man. That guy's a winner. And it turns out, not really. A lot of qualities to him, not winning qualities. And he certainly didn't apply himself here. He was out of shape, and he bounced in less than a year, and then he bounced in less than a year in Philadelphia. In Minnesota. In Minnesota. No, in Minnesota. But you know what? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I, I got bamboozled by RG3. I said, RG3, oh. I said, I said, this guy has a maturity beyond his years and in fact the exact opposite was the case it was, he was immature you know beyond what? his years it, it, i was completely snowed God. how incredible was the piece that came out years later which i'm sure you did many hours of radio on though about how dan snyder and mike shanahan went and, on complete opposite ends of that entire thing and oh, how yeah. rg3 was able to carry himself i was blown, when i read that i was blown away because i was fooled also there was an interview that we did at fox sports radio it wasn't on your show but when he won the heisman Listening to RG3 speak to people, which he did that day, I thought, this kid, is, this is the next big thing. I mean, this kid gets it. This kid's got Peyton Manning's brain. Yes. And Michael Vick's body. Body. I mean, yes. Right? I, yes. What is going on here? This I was completely snowed. I was completely snowed. But in fairness, I got one part right, and that is when they made the trade to get him, and I saw the insane amount of assets they gave up, I said, no way. I said, that's too much. I said, this is a complete folly. It's a desperation move. Then he was great for a year, and I'm like, well, this guy might be it. And then he turned into, well, a pumpkin. So that oh, was that. No, it, I mean, uh, that completely turned awful, by the way. And I'll never forget, by the way, my favorite moment as an Eagle when you had me. That was, of course, the Monday Night Football game where Vic literally <laughs> won his $100 million contract. The first play of the game went 80 yards to Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that was. It was 21 uh, nothing. In the blink of an eye. And that was the game that Albert Hainsworth laid on the five-yard line (laughs) for ten seconds. One of the most shameful displays of not giving it a effort. I remember it like it was yesterday. I really did. That one was was an incredible one, Zabe. I I, I really do. I can go on forever. Congrats on the extension with Colin. Uh, Lovely, Good inside baseball stuff. I love hearing these stories, and uh, just keep on doing what you do, bro. And i got to find an excuse to come on out to L.A. because it really is. Oh, Zeb, we are ready to have you. You know that. You get pretty close. I know you do Vegas. I know the Vegas. I really should go to Vegas through L.A. How about that? You should do it. And I know the unfortunate part is that In-N-Out is now in Vegas, so there's less motivation for you to get all the way to Los Angeles. (laughs) But I think think we can find some other things for you to do out here. All right, Sammy. You're the best, buddy. Thanks for your time. Absolutely, Zeb. Thanks so much. Anytime, man. We'll end with this, an email from one Brian Curtis of Annapolis, Maryland. Actually, Brian in Annapolis, Maryland. I don't know where I got the Curtis from. I apologize. Email, Zabe, longtime listener, loyal Zabecast downloader, ding, ding, and first-time emailer. I was lucky enough to be selected for the 2019 Masters ticket lottery last week and was a winner. I was allocated two tickets for the Tuesday practice round. By the way, for those that don't know, you can sign up via the Masters website with just your email and some basic information to win tickets to the Masters. Uh, Actually, win the right to buy tickets at face value, which, frankly, is like winning the lottery. You can resell them for many multiples, although I'm not sure if the ones that they allow the fans to buy via lottery... It may actually be you have to show up with your ID at the gate and you can't resell them. Whatever. You, you get into the Masters at face value. Now, it's easier to get 
practice round tickets. I think they've got fewer competition round tickets, but yeah. And don't ask me what the website is because I forgot. You can probably Google it. You'll find tons of articles. The lottery for next year, for next spring, is over. You can't get into it. I think it ended June 1st, and now the emails are just going out. I signed up this year, and I have not seen an email yay or nay. So I don't know if that's good or bad. should probably check my spam folder just in case. But that said, uh, you know, people win. I know several people. that Bill Bride, a longtime listener in the D.C. area, won practice round tickets last year. Did not win this year. And you can you don't have to – if you win once, it's not like you can't ever win again. Sign up the next year. Anyway, he writes to say, I was lucky enough to uh, win two tickets for the Tuesday practice round. What are a couple of your must-dos and must-sees? This will be a special trip for my wife and I as we are expecting our first child, a daughter, at the end of August, and this will likely be our first trip together without the baby. Without the baby! As the oldest of a family with all boys, any pointers on raising a daughter are also welcomed. (laughs) You're on your own on that one. I wish I had some good pointers to give you there. Thanks for the hours of entertainment you have provided over the years. Sincerely, Brian in Annapolis, Maryland. As to the what is a must-do and a must-see, I said very simply, everything. I said, you need to be, this needs to be an up-at-dawn, home-at-dusk, all-day Augusta siege. Like, literally, walk all 18 holes. Make sure you go to the merchandise tent and splurge beyond your wildest imagination. Make sure, even though the par 3 contest is not going on at the time, see if they, they will let you at least walk over and take a look at the par 3 contest. Go to the range. Go stand uh, you know, everywhere. See it all. Soak it all in. Because it's a day that you don't know if you're going to get a chance to do it again anytime soon. And bring a camera, which you can, on Tuesday, the practice round. Take lots of photo and video and cherish it all. Good for you. I, I got to go check my spam fold because now I'm getting people saying I won, I didn't win. And I'm like, I know I signed up for that son of a bitch this year. I ain't seen nothing yet. So into the spam bin we go like Han Solo and Luke and Leia in the garbage compactor in Star Wars. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up a message board about how great it is. Leave a positive review and rating. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google, Spotify, you name it. And always remember, objects in the mirror are almost always closer than they appear. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Put your car on cruise and lay back, because it's summertime.